Welcome to the Fulfilled After 50 podcast. I am your host, Alice Edgerton, and on this podcast, we are the filling station for creating a life you desire and deserve and being fulfilled to be the best you can be in this season of life. We talk about daily inspiration, encouragement, uplifting for you each and every week. Welcome, all you lovely ladies. But we are with Guavi, who is a midlife coach, and she manages really like your mindset and your waistline and just your midlife things that in this season of life that we go through. So, Guavi, I'm not even going to attempt to say your last name. <laughs> yes, okay. I actually go by I go by my first name anyway, kind of like how people go with Madonna, Iman, just go with Kwame. <laughs> I love your name too, by the way. Thank you. Exactly. Introduce <laughs> yourself, and you can do it so much better than I ever can. So please tell us, tell us a little bit about you. All right, so I am 52 years old, and um, I turned 52 in March, and I just love this season. And my goal is to create a movement where midlife women rise up. I feel that women in midlife right now feel that they're almost invisible. They feel that whatever they've achieved so far doesn't mean much. And it means so much. They have so much wisdom. They have so much insight. They have, most of them have raised children. They've done so much up to this point. And now they just feel that there's nothing they can really do or there's nothing that they can contribute to society. They have a lot to give. So I'm on this mission to give women an opportunity to see themselves as they really are, as opposed to what society and culture and the media sees them as. They are so much more valuable. I I want women to be seen, heard, and valued in a way more than they have been seen in the past. That's my goal. Okay. So, you know, in this season of life too, Bobby, I feel like, you know, why is it that us, after we've raised our kids and we have done all these wonderful things that we feel that our sense of purpose is gone, you know, how do we reinvent ourselves? Yeah, I think one of the main things, and I think it ha- it's, it's cultural, right? I think when you look at the media, for instance, mm-hmm. there are very few ads on TV that feature us. And when I say us women after a certain age, most times, if you see us in the media, it's for medication. Right. Um, So those images are telling us that we really don't matter. Forgetting that we can be used to do all kinds of ads, but when you don't see yourself somewhere, you begin to feel, "Mm, I don't really matter. Um, And I really feel it's a cultural shift. But the thing is, we as women we have to change it for ourselves because society isn't going to do it. I mean, think about it. We've even, compared to our parents, we've even done a lot. Yes. But in order to move even further, we have to do it for ourselves. We have to change that narrative for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And one of the things um, we can do is learning that we really still do matter and taking those steps to, you know, because sometimes we have all these goals and then maybe because we were raising our kids or we were married or one thing or the other, we kind of put it aside this is a time to do it. And don't let age 
make you think you can't do it. It's like, right. you let your age define you. You're probably even more valuable because of your age. Yes, yes. We're older and wiser. Yes. <laughs> yes. And there's nothing, I mean, to me, that, that should be said with pride. But I think some, I think when they just hear old women are like, oh, I can't. No, it's, that is wisdom. Right. You, know, you can't yeah. purchase that. I know. Yeah. So how do you teach women then to purge that mindset of that tape that just keeps playing over and over? Well, you know, we're just, we're not worthy enough to have love for one. We're not worthy enough to be able to achieve success at a different time of our lives. It's like, okay, we've had that career. Well, I guess there is nothing else left for me. So, you know, how do we break down those walls of that barrier yeah. of negative self-talk, doubt, fear, all of those things that play into that real. Yeah. And what I do with women, it's a mindset shift. Mm -hmm. And it's not overnight because you have to remember these thoughts have been playing in their mind for a really long time. And sometimes you get other people, even in our age, yeah. reporting that, oh no, you don't need to do that. Why would you want to do that? So you have, you have to come to the realization that, is this something that you really want? And I always tell women, when you hit maybe you're 85 years old and you're looking back on life, what are some of the things that you want to know that you did? Because you don't want to get to that point and think, oh, I wish I had tried this, I wish I had done. I'm trying to give women an opportunity so that they don't have a regret-proof life. It's like, do it. And I let them know that there is no guarantee that what you try will work. However, you know you tried it. And once you try it, you might decide, hmm, I don't want to do that anymore. Or you might decide, you know, I'm going to tweak it and do it again, and maybe it will work then. Mm -hmm. But I give women the opportunity to realize that their thoughts are not always accurate. Mm -hmm. The thoughts are okay. It's okay. We are, we have, I mean, we have like 60,000 thoughts a day. Yeah. And out of the 60,000, do you know how many are negative? 80. So you have 48,000 negative thoughts going back and forth, playing in your mind daily. And that's okay. It can go, it can say that, but you don't have to believe it. Right. One of the things I like to tell my clients, I tell my clients, stop listening to your mind and stop talking to your mind. Tell your mind what you want. Right. Yeah. Our, our brain is the most powerful muscle that we oh, have, right? Yes. Yes. So it's, uh, you know, I teach them just the first thing that we feed it first thing in the morning before we even feel it nutrition or anything. It's those thoughts that we are feeding it first thing. That's what is being fed on all day, right? It is. And the other thing I tell my clients, I tell them to do a thought download where they, when they wake up in the morning, you can do it morning, afternoon, night, whichever time is best for you. What you do is you write down all your thoughts. And I tell them to put a timer on. Maybe you could do it for 10, 15 minutes. Write down all your thoughts. And no judgment. Just put them down. And it's interesting what we come up with. You know, I don't mind sometimes. You see it on paper, you're like, seriously. Even sometimes you can even look at them and say, you know what, that can't be true. But that's your mind. It goes through so much stuff. And then you can start to tackle the ones that don't serve you and decide, you know what? I'm going to start changing. And sometimes it's hard to go from this to that, but you can go in the middle where you're like, I don't have to believe this is true. Yes. 
you know, and that's yeah. a, a great first step. I don't have to believe it. You can say it. It's like, okay, mind, you said that, noted, moving on. I don't have yeah. to believe that. Yes. Like, uh, I know both you and I both love John Maxwell. And yeah. you know, one of the things that he says is when you have those negative thoughts, you, you write it down, just like you said, and then ask yourself, yes. is that true? Is it true? True thought. It's not, it's, and it's not always, and I think women need to realize that your thoughts are not always true. Right. So don't believe them all the time. They're not always true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that's the power for one of journaling. Yes. And then when we say write, write down your goals, it's great that you're saying them and you're thinking them, but when you write them down and actually visualize and, and looking at it, and then, yeah, you're able to say, okay, what can I do to get me to that certain goal? And if it's weight, you know, so you want to do 10 pounds, then you're going to go in the cabinet and get you a bag of Oreos. So you know, what can you do? Like when you write it down, what can you do to inch you to that goal? Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you have actions. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Intention equals action, right? Yes. Yes. So like you said, it's not enough to write it down. Once you write it down, it's like, that's the first step. And then what are the actions that you're going to take? And another thing I like to add is what are some of the obstacles that you're going to come across when you try to get to that? Because those will come, you know? So how do you intend to tackle those obstacles to get to your goal? Yes. So what do you tell a woman? Uh, because, you know, we all... I don't know this there's I think there's a mindset mm -hmm. with the midlife season that well I'm going to put on an extra 10 or 20 pounds and that's just going to be the way it is so I'm just going to eat whatever because it's mm -hmm. going to happen but that's mm -hmm. not true no it's not that's, see no it's not it's like and those thoughts oh my goodness they are harmful because yeah. You kind of say, oh, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. And then before you know it, you're like 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight. And you're thinking, I don't know how that happened. It's, right. It's, see, the way we can change ourselves is by little, small, actionable steps over time. But it can take you towards different directions. It can take you away from your goal or towards your goal. Because mm -hmm. you're taking those steps. But it's like, which direction are you going? Right. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like uh, walking through the gym and then you walk out and say, well, I didn't get that six pack today. What happened? So, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's that instant gratification. Well, I don't know why I'm not all <laughs> sexy right now. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's a process. It's not overnight. You know? Yeah. So there's always, how do you just break through those hard days yeah how do you give yourself grace because there will be some hard days and everybody's going to have some anxiety some depression especially in the times that we're in right now mm -hmm. so how do you give yourself grace if you just sit down and say okay i'm gonna have one cookie <laughs> yeah okay so what i typically tell my clients and and um, I'll break this down so that it gives a backdrop of how I work with them. One of the things I tell every single client of mine is when you put food into your mouth, they're going to fall into four different categories regardless. It's always going to be 
One of them might be fuel eating, where you're eating because you want to nourish your body. The second one is when you joy eat, where you're eating for the pure pleasure of you just enjoy it. And it just brings you some kind of satisfaction. The third one is, I call that fog eating, where it's almost like you're in a fog. I'll give you an example. Like if you're watching a basketball game or any sporting activity and you maybe have a pack of chips and you eat and you, and all of a sudden it's empty. You're like, huh, who finished it? You <laughs> you're completely oblivious to it. You know, you have no idea. And then the fourth category is, I call it storm eating, where you're maybe in a rage or you're just emotional or you're just lonely and you know what you're doing and you're like, you know, I'm just going to eat this bowl of ice cream to make myself feel better. And at the end of it, sometimes, um, depending, some people purge or they just feel really guilty, but the aftermath of that, you don't feel, you feel almost worthless after it. You have this really, and then a sense of shame sometimes. So those are the four categories. So for the, for typically we fall into, most times we fall into the joy and the fuel. And fuel, I normally tell women, do like at least about 98 to 90% joy, 20%. I don't believe in depriving. I don't believe you need to deprive yourself because depriving almost is, is as if you're using food to fuel and, you know, to kind of stifle an emotion. So I don't believe in depriving. So you have the feel, you have the joy, and then you have the other two. So when you have those times, because they'll come and you don't allow the urge, because what I tell my clients, when that urge comes, like, oh, I want to have this cookie or you want to have this, and you know that you're really not hungry, because sometimes we're not really eating out of hunger. I tell them that they need to pause for two minutes. Set a timer, pause for two minutes. And I tell them to kind of feel the emotion because sometimes we eat because we're trying to escape from something. Yes. And that two minutes allows you to process whatever that is. And it's scary because you don't know what it is sometimes. And I tell them if after two minutes, they still want to eat that cookie, that brownie or whatever it is, I'm like, go ahead. But most times, 80% of the time, you're not in the mood for that. You, you, you kind of feel whatever that emotion is and it all of a sudden it dissipates because emotions are emotions. You know, it, you feel it and you move on. But most yeah. times we're scared to even feel the emotion. We're worried, we're like, oh, I don't want to feel, I don't want to feel, and then you eat. I don't want to, you know, or you overwork or you, or you drink or you do something to escape from it. So I'm trying to get my clients and women in general to feel their feelings more and not escape from them. Mm -hmm. And work through them. Yes, exactly. And work through it. Because it's yeah. it's there for a reason. It's it's showing you some information. It's your body talking to you. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Yeah, I love that so much. It is. It is just working through that internal turmoil that you got going on to get, break that barrier down. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think when we don't do that, and you've probably seen this, where maybe you keep on doing something and you kind of ignore it, ignore it, and then maybe someone says something very trivial to you, and you're like, you kind of have this outburst, but what the person said and your outburst don't equate. But what it yeah. is, is because you've been bottling so much inside of you, it, it's it has to come out somehow right so it's I'm that so, trigger yeah mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So when somebody's hitting that trigger switch to you, uh, that, that just sets it off. So it's how you respond to your triggers. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I think a lot of the times that I hear women that are struggling is because I do a lot of intermittent fasting. Body. Yeah. Oh, I love intermittent fasting. Love yeah. It. And honestly, in quarantine, it's been the best thing for me because like it, I can extend that window out longer. So, you know, like when we get off now, like that's going to be like my window and I'll go ahead and eat my lunch, but I already have my salad made up. So that's what I'm having, you know, but my window really is between 11, 12. And then I am always, always done at 630. But that's been just part of my life. Yes. It's not just something that's just been established. Right. But I try to teach women this sort of method. They'll say, well, I always want to go snack. How do I stop from snacking? I want to go in the kitchen like at 8 or 8.30. Yeah. In the morning? Morning or night? Yeah. What do you tell them? So do you say 8.30 at night? Yeah. Okay. And see, that's the thing. Um, what I tell my clients, I tell them everything has to, we have to plan. I like what you said, where you said you plan your meals. Preparation is part of it. Because when you plan, your brain knows, okay, this is what I'm going to do. So with the snacking, I teach my clients to always ask the question. Because I'm doing a program right now and someone had texted me. She's like, she does the same thing. Nighttime, she wants to grab a snack. And I ask her, okay, you have to ask yourself, am I really hungry? And when you start to become aware and ask yourself those questions, maybe you have a cookie maybe three, four times in the week. You know, you, before you know it, you're having it maybe once or twice. Because when you ask yourself that question, you realize, mm, I really don't need it. And then you move on to something else. Because most times when we grab that cookie or chips, we're not really hungry. It's just sometimes it's boredom. Yes. Sometimes it's loneliness. Some, it, sometimes it's to fill a void. And I tell my clients, be aware of what you're trying to do. Because food is not your best friend. Right. Food, it's, it, it doesn't fill that role. And even if you have it, guess what? After you've had that, you still feel that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's so good. I always tell them, turn out the lights. Turn out the lights to the kitchen. The kitchen is closed. If you still feel like you have to have something, then get um, some tea, some yeah, water, liquid. Yeah. It's, mm. I, I think we have to find ways other than food to soothe how we feel. That's what I tell my clients, find something else to do because food, you're giving food too much of a role in your life. Yes, yes. Um, I, I, one of the questions I ask my clients is, how much of a role does food play in your life? Like, what is yes. the percentage? Yes. Some people put way too much joy in food and food really isn't, that's not the role of food. So you wanna change that relationship where you end up having the upper hand as opposed to food. Yes. Yeah. You know, I like sometimes if I am alone with my thoughts too much, yes, then that's sometimes where some anxiety will creep in and we start to worry. We start to worry about our families or stuff like that. So yeah. I, I do will, I will grab like a cup of tea and then just go sit with my thoughts, but journal those thoughts. Oh, 
and then just get it out of your head. Because an, another thing in this season of life, what do women struggle with? They struggle with sleeplessness. Sleeplessness, yes. Yes. Very common, yeah. Yes. So do you deal with that with your clients as yes. well? Yes. Yeah, a lot of my clients, they have that too. And, and I, I tell them, a lot of them, I tell them to really look at their diet. That is one area that can change that. At least it's changing for a lot of them. Now, when it gets really bad, I do recommend, you know, they see their PCP. But for the most part, when they change their diet, can make a difference. I'll give you an example of myself where I used to drink before. And when I say drink, it's like occasionally. But whenever I would have alcohol, I'm telling you, my menopausal symptoms or just my whole hormones will just be out of whack. Two years ago, two and a half years ago, I stopped completely. Made a big difference for me. So I don't do that anymore. The other areas too of, uh, of types of food that I've noticed that affect a lot of women from sleeplessness are um, gluten, dairy, yeah. sugar, and caffeine. Those, in fact, those five plus, you know, and, and the alcohol, those five, tell you, they can affect your hormones in different ways as we get older. Even right. if you enjoyed them before, big difference. So I tell women to journal and pay attention when they take them out and when they put them back in how their bodies react to it. Yeah, I love that. Cause you don't really ever know that until you eliminate some things, you right? You won't. So I would love for you, you know, as we're sort of wrapping up the podcast and these listeners are listening to us, can you uh, just tell us a little bit about your journey yes. that we really haven't hit on yet? Okay, yeah. So about, uh, I think I was about 18 at the time and I was in school in England, in college watching a documentary and back then they only had four channels so i remember flipping back and forth and then i saw this documentary on tv where they were talking about cattle and i was like hmm, okay but then from watching it i realized it talked about how cattle how they get meat to our table basically is what they were but what was startling to me was the conditions of where the cows were being raised. And I was like, ooh. And then and then, at the age of 19, I made the decision I was no longer going to eat meat. Stopped it, cold turkey. And then in that same, during that same period, I also decided, okay, I was gonna eat chicken, I was gonna eat pork. And then I started investigating everything that I put into my mouth. Um, I started looking at candy and chocolate. And, and it was interesting to see what they put into our food. I'm like, we don't need all these coloring and the, the different things. So, and that's how I, I started this whole path of this healthy lifestyle that introduced me to being an advocate for myself because they can put all the things they want on the counter for you to purchase, but it's up to you to make the decision whether you're going to purchase it or not. And after that, I stopped drinking um, um, Coke, soda, all those happy drinks. Stopped drinking them. I was water was the only thing I would drink. Um, I learned about food, uh, bread, and different things that go into bread, and the ones that are healthier. I mean, I just went on this whole journey, and it's funny because I was in college at the time studying computer science. So I finished that path, but while I was doing that, I started helping my fellow college classmates. They're like, "Oh, what are you doing? You, you know, you look kind of different." And it's interesting, uh, we're really what we eat. I'm telling you, you can start eating well and you'll be like, you, even your energy level, your skin, everything changes. 
Right. And um, so people get that. So I would give them little meal plans. I'll tell them, eat this, don't eat that. And I would tell them, okay, make sure you read the labels. So I started educating people. But I didn't even start doing this as a business until like six years ago. So I just kind of stuck with that path until like six years ago in my 40s is when I started this as a business. Wow. Yeah. So what was your uh, path before? Oh, I just stayed in IT. So I was in IT in computer science. And then my husband, he's a physician. So I helped him run his practice. So I just did all that. And then I had two kids, so raising kids, you know. And then, yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So where are you originally from? So I'm originally from Nigeria, born in England, and then now I live in Atlanta. Wow. <laughs> I, I love that. It's like, I, I wanted to ask you, where? <laughs> I love the way you speak. Thank you. Uh, so I, I would just love for you to leave our women with a way that maybe they could get in touch with you. They have more questions. Yes. So if you have any questions, my email, I'm sorry, my uh, website is www.kwabi. So it's K-W-A-V-I.com. I'm on Instagram. If you're on Instagram, at Kwabi underscore TV. And I'm also on Facebook under Kwabi TV also. Um, um, thank you so much, Alice. This is just, Aww. I love having discussions like this because I don't think women hear it enough, at least for our age. There's so much for the younger women. And I think we need to focus because our needs are different at this time. They are different. And I, I feel that also in this season, we get stuck and comfortable as well. And so, you know, of course, when you're in the place of comfort, then the growth ceases. It ceases, and, of course. And you know so, what they say, when you're not growing, you know what's happening. That's right. Yes. So as long as we got blood running through our veins, you know, there's always something that we can learn and be better. So I think, you know, between you and I, we always strive to how can you live the healthiest happiest life that you can live yeah. right now and there's always improvements that can be oh, done. Yeah. always yes always improvement always improvement and ladies that are, the women that are listening you guys have an amazing person alice pouring into you you know she's and i love the fact that she also adds biblical principles i think that's amazing because we all need that there's not enough of that in the world we need more of that uh yeah thank you so much Gabby. yeah I always tell them especially in this season we yes. know that the economy is not our source it's never been our source god is our source so that's yes i read that this morning too one of the, my devotionals talked about that you know you might be worried just focus on me i'm here i'm always going to be there for you just focus on me yes he always gives us what we need he provides every day, right? <laughs> every day. <laughs> Amen to that. Yes. I know. Can you imagine if it weren't that? I mean, it's like, no. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my goodness. I know. Well, thank you so much, Guavi. And if you have not subscribed to the podcast, subscribe to Fulfilled After 50. Love to have you just get into our box every single week. And thank you so much, Guavi. We will catch everybody later. Thank you. Bye. Ladies. Bye.